Mandatory or voluntary electronic identification EID? That is the question. Crew, let's ranch it up. Good day, everyone, and thanks for riding with us on this all-new episode of the Ranch It Up Radio Show. I'm Jeff Tigger Earhart. And I'm Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. A big thank you goes out to our partners, RanchChannel.com, Wassum Red Angus, Prairie Hills Gelvy, Stockman's Livestock Exchange, the American Gelvy Association, Imogene Ingredients and Pharmatan, Westway Feed Products, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Allied Genetic Resources and Allied Feeding Partners, LivestockMarket.com, EquineMarket.com, AuctionTime.com, RFD TV, Wrangler, and this fine radio station. Now, we've got a real, real, real busy episode for today, so I'm assuming you're going to be back here in just a little bit with the news, yes? Yes, sir. Perfect. Here we go. Cattle Battle. Mandatory EID or voluntary EID, electronic identification, that is the question, and that has everyone in the cattle sector buzzing. Recently, the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, or NCBA, proposed various recommendations around mandatory electronic identification for cattle. After meetings last week in Orlando, Florida, it was voted to lessen the recommendations or water them down, per se. Important to note, is that nothing is in law yet. It is business as normal, but questions are still being raised, and rightfully so. Many producers across the country voiced their opinions for and against, and equally important is the fact that producers did voice their opinions. Why are some in favor of mandatory EID? Why are some against it? Let's start tackling this issue by visiting with the president of the United States Cattlemen's Association, the USCA, and general manager of St. Ange Livestock in St. Ange, South Dakota, Justin Tupper. Hey, Justin, great to have you back on the program. It's been too long, my friend. We're talking about mandatory electronic identification, voluntary electronic identification, traceability. We're talking about many of the same things that we talked about 25 years ago. You know, we want we do need to be able to trace if we have a disease outbreak. But we have a lot of these uh, with health certificates and back tagging of cows and um, bangs vaccination tags and uh, whatnot. We have a lot of those in place. So it always uh, interests me when somebody wants to mandate something for everybody to do when you can already do it voluntarily. Um, and some people are obviously and getting a premium for their calves that uh, they put with IMI Global or one of those companies. I, I, I don't know. It, it, it always rears its head up. Uh, and, and I know in our part of the world, when you say mandate, uh, it's like hair on fire time. So right, right. Uh, we, we're just not into the mandates, I think. And and again, we're. I think one thing a guy has to be cautious about when you talk about it, and we're, we're very conscious of it at U.S. Cattlemen's, is that if there are people that want to do it, we can't shun the EID tags or tell them they shouldn't do it because it's the same thing. If they want to do it voluntarily, more power to them. And if that adds value, more power to them again. Uh, but uh, to have to tell your neighbor that they have to do it, too, that's just something that uh, I, I don't think anybody has an appetite for. So if I'm understanding correctly, where we are at today is uh, nothing has been nothing is a law. It uh, And that's where a lot of people here a week or two or three ago, um, when all of this started to hit and social media blew this thing up, when we heard the word mandate and we heard that in front of 
electronic ID. And as you said, it put a burr under a lot of people's saddle. Pretty darn big burr is what it did, Justin. And where we are today, if I'm not mistaken, that there is no law. There was proposals, but there's not something concrete that says, on this particular day, this is what needs to be done. Is that correct? That is correct. You know, it was a proposal put out by NCBA, uh, and I think one of the scary things are that the NCBA uh, is gets USDA's ear, and if uh, they would push this to policy in their book, uh, that it could go right down the chain to USDA and then and, and be crammed down everybody's throat. But I think uh, uh, the groundswell was very important. Uh, that happened, and a lot of their affiliates uh, weren't pleased with uh, uh, the proposal as it was. So the way I understood it, it got watered down uh, to a, to a very palatable um, proposal for policy, and uh, and and it's uh, on the uh, chopping block basically for this year. But I think uh, this is something that we're going to have to keep our eye on because I don't think it's going to go away. Think about how I think that never gets talked about in this issue is how powerful it will be to who holds that information. You know, if everybody was uh, tagged up and all that info has got to go somewhere, and that's going to be a powerful position, and I'm sure there's people vying for that. And and uh, I, I just think that's part of the ID that the, it, it all comes down to control. And as you know, out in the West or in the ranching communities, we're not uh, very fond of being controlled. I'm going to come back to that in just a little bit because I know that is the big discussion of of who hold the holds the keys to the treasure box. But do you know what exactly has the details been watered down to? I, I know I heard so darn much last week, but I'm not sure on the details. Do you know what those are? I did get to see them. Uh, I read through it, and, and it was, uh, I mean, took everything out of mandate and took the year out. And, I mean, so, so it was definitely – uh, quite different than the first proposal that I saw. I couldn't tell you verbatim what it said, but uh, very, very different. And I, and again, I think uh, a victory for the small guy there that uh, the groundswell and and uh, the uh, farm media, uh, ranch and farm media was a big part of that. That uh, people stood up and said this this isn't something uh, we're fond of. And and uh, I'm glad that uh, uh, NCBA uh, decided to water down that policy because if it, once a, you know you get that stuff pushed through, very hard to slow it down. One other part that we haven't talked about yet is, you know, at the sale barns. As I'm a sale barn owner, we we can't physically do the checks that they're asking for. I mean, there's no way when we have 3,000 way up cows in the fall on a Saturday here. Uh, to get them all run through. Right now, we already have to ID anything that comes in from out of state, and and they can be still processing those cows way into the next day trying to get that done. So, uh, again, I, I think we got to be real cautious uh, of, of how we go forward with this uh, ID system. And uh, uh, U.S. Cattlemen's, uh, for sure, we will oppose anything that's mandated. Now, we need to take a quick break. We're going to come back and have more with Justin Tupper talking about mandatory and voluntary EID. It's the Ranch It Up Radio Show, and we'll be back after this. Want to add just a little bit of spice to your event, your customer appreciation supper, your banquet, your meeting? Oh, yeah. Well, bring in us, Beckonize, your keynote speakers, hosts, MCs, a host couple. We'll make them laugh, even cry tears of joy. Call us today. 
At Allied Genetic Resources, it's all about commercial customer success. We see that charge, we understand that charge, and we're going to use all the tools we can to get there. To maximize heterosis, purchase your next herd sire from an Allied Genetic Resources partner. Just head to AlliedGeneticResources.com. Hey, it's Mark Banzi with LivestockMarket.com. Every week we hear from one of our great partners with updates, info, schedules, reports, and everything in between when it comes to buying and selling livestock and hay online and private treaty. LivestockMarket.com. Crew, the countdown is on to the Prairie Hills Gale, the annual bull sale, Saturday, February 10th at the ranch north of Dickinson, North Dakota. Gelvy Balancer and Red Angus Bulls. Clint Sickler with Prairie Hills Gelvy. I think, uh, you know, in particular, where we kind of excel is mainly going into a commercial program. We're a really good cross if you're looking at adding some kind of a maternal benefit. Bid and buy online at dvauction.com. Catalog and videos available at prairiehillsgelvy.com and ranchchannel.com. Prairie Hills Gelvy, February 10th, north of Dickinson, North Dakota. Why not give Gelvy and Balancer Bulls a try this year? Raise replacement females with added fertility, increased longevity, and greater productivity. Get increased performance, improve feed efficiency, and increase the carcass merit. Maximize crossbreeding with Gelvy and Balancer. Welcome back to the Ranch It Up radio show. Moving into part two, my conversation with Justin Tupper, the president of the USCA, the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, and general manager of St. Ange Livestock in St. Ange, South Dakota. We're talking mandatory and voluntary EID. Here's one thing that I did really like that came out of Orlando is uh, different people with different opinions coming together and agreeing. I think that's fantastic. I mean, that's a win-win-win-win all the way around because I don't care what side of the fence that you're on. You mentioned something about control. I coined it as uh, who's got the keys to the treasure box. So let me ask you this. In According to the United States Cattlemen's Association that you are the president of, the USCA, is it okay if there are a few different third parties that may have access to said proposed database is that is that something that uh, your organization would be open to hearing that you know i i think anytime that there's going to be some controlling information and proprietary information at that fact we would want to question who holds the keys Mm -hmm, or who holds mm -hmm. that data i think uh, so so we would be very cautious about uh uh, where that is. I think we've had uh, many discussions on it, you know, like in our state in South Dakota, uh, the state vet office, so uh, very well respected and and uh, much more active, I guess, for lack of better terms. I mean, that would be a place that I know in our state, we would be comfortable with them having the uh, information, but I know that's not the case in all states mm-hmm. either. That the that that's a trusted uh, agency. So uh, that's a, a, a big one that has to get ironed out. The marketplace will dictate uh, how much this is needed. You know, if uh, uh, those cattle that are EID'd are, are bringing five and ten dollars a hundred more, then the marketplace will tell those producers uh, who want to be proactive to uh, put them in and and make it happen. And that's the way a voluntary system should work. Marketplace will dictate how many do it and how it's done. Uh, but if there's no premiums and the, there's no uh, uh, incentive to do that, then there'll be less of them that get tagged. And and I think that's just the, the way that the countryside would like to see this issue handled is uh, let the marketplace dictate it. 
those individuals on their farms and ranches that are starting to take a better look at biosecurity, they're starting to really understand where their cattle came from, who their neighbors are across the fence, and starting to take more control of uh, just situational awareness of their animals. In my opinion, Justin, that's a big part of it. We're all of us, let's just be honest, we can all step up a little bit and just be maybe a little better managers in this area or maybe a little better managers in this area. And in my opinion, a lot of that is just understanding the backstory of when we are purchasing a set of bred heifers or replacement females and understanding where, when, and how they come to us and what does that operation have as protocols? What is their biosecurity in their place? Does it complement mine? Should it be a little bit more stringent? So I think a lot of this can just come back on us managers simply being better managers, period. I think we can, in our own way, we can help solve a lot of these issues. No, I think that's exactly right. And and again, that's why we believe the marketplace can be a uh, a big driver in that. As, as uh, the consumers have told us, they want to know where their food come from. You know, we, we can talk about labeling uh, country of origin or however you want to say it. But either way, the consumer is going to dictate and tell us uh, what they want. And, and I think we've heard loud and clear from them that they want to know where their food comes from. And uh, I think that's a, a part of the, the moving uh, part of this target that we've got to be aware of. And, and uh, if, if that takes us to a place where uh, you can get a premium, uh, by putting uh, those tags in and, and uh, then being able to identify that in the grocery store, then I think that's uh, how, the, how the, the, the average producer will move forward with this. And, and uh, I, I agree with you. We have to keep in mind uh, in a changing world, all those safety factors have got to be a part of it. If we want to keep saying we're the safest, best pro- protein on the planet, and I believe we are, uh, then we've got to be forward thinking and, and and making sure that we take care of those uh, uh, that take care of us. So if there would come the day when, generally speaking, from consumers, this is a tough question, but if there would come that day that they would say, yes, we want a mandatory EID, what would be the position of you and your organization? Well, I think that's a loaded question for sure, but yeah, I, is, you, yeah. we would have to we would have to take a look at it. You yeah. you would have to from a standpoint of uh, the consumer saying that's what they want, and and uh, again, I think uh, many times uh, the marketplace, if 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 the uh, uh, packers or the grocery retailers are seeing that, and some of these branded programs are really working. Uh, then you've got to look at that from a management standpoint in each and in, in each ranch and in each individual person. But uh, from an organizational standpoint, right now our our policy would be we would be against uh, mandating. But uh, as consumer demand drives it, you, you've got to be able to look at things and and, and look forward. Justin Tupper, the president of the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, the USCA, and general manager of St. Ange Livestock in St. Ange, South Dakota. Appreciate it very, very much for coming on the program. We're going to have more about the mandatory and voluntary EID, what exactly is going on with this and where it stands. So we're going to have more people coming on next week visiting with us. If you have any questions, feel free to fire them our direction. You can email us ranchitupshow at gmail.com. You can text 707-726-2420. That's 707-RANCH20. Prowling around social media at Ranch It Up Show.
All right, I think I've been sitting here quietly in the background for long enough listening, and now that everyone has a burr under their saddle, let me add to the mix. According to MeetingPlace.com, chicken products sold at McDonald's now generate as much money for the chain as its beef burgers, representing annual sales of $25 billion in chicken sandwiches and nuggets at the company-owned and franchised restaurants. McDonald's plans to extend its share of the chicken business by 2026 through an expansion of its McCrispy platform into wraps and tenders. McDonald's reported improved sales both domestically and globally in the fourth quarter as the fast food giant prepares to address affordability issues and product strategies. According to reports, customers who earn less than 45000 annually are turning toward more home-cooked meals instead of McDonald's, where a combo meal can cost nearly $18 in some markets. For example, the once-valued dollar menu also did not feature a single item for $1 in the Akron, Ohio market last fall. Number one, I'm glad to see people are eating at home. Number two, I'm not glad that necessarily chicken overtook beef. But I bought you a meal the other night, and it was 18 bucks, burger, fries, and you got some ice cream with it. You know, I don't know the last time we've seen a value meal under $8. I haven't, I haven't seen it. Hey, guys, it's Chris with Wasserman Red Angus here. Just wanted to remind you about our sale coming up February 15th, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, down uh, south of Richardson at the Wick Sale Barn. We've got 53 Red Angus bulls coming for sale, performance tested, performance approved. 20 open registered heifers and about 118 open commercial heifers. Uh, we will have DB auction their day, so we will be able to take bids online anywhere in the country. We've got videos up on DB auction as well, as long as along with our catalog. You go to our website, wassomredangus.com, to view the catalog and also the sale videos. If anybody has any questions, I can sure yield any calls anybody's wanting to give. So my number is 701-260-1513. Again, February 15th, 2 p.m. Mountain Time, Wick Sale Barn, Richardson, North Dakota. Come on out and enjoy the day. And I think that is a great time to take a quick break. We have got Kirk on hold. We're going to be back talking numbers. We're talking more bull sale information. We're talking more Ranch It Up Radio Show when we come back. The quick, fast, easy, all-in-one location to look at bull sales. Head to ranchchannel.com. Check it out on your phone, ranchchannel.com. All the information on one page at your fingertips, videos, catalogs, everything, ranchchannel.com. Cattle market reports to various news stories. The Tri-State Livestock News covers it all. Check us out at tsln.com. Subscriptions or advertising, call Tracy Hawk at 406-951-3211. The Tri-State Livestock News, what ranchers read. Cryptosporidium, coccidiosis, scours. Do I have your attention now? Don't let scours affect you this calving season by feeding Pharmatan from Imogene ingredients. But you gotta get it into your cows now. I've been saying it a lot. Head to PharmatanUSA.com. The best way to raise beef, Westway Feed Products. Increase your forage utilization. They're efficient, they're convenient. For more information, contact a dealer near you by going to westwayfeed.com or calling 800-800-7517. The best way to raise beef, Westway Feed Products. 
We'd like to introduce you to one of the diamonds in the rough in the Red Angus business. The Wassum Red Angus annual production sale Thursday, February 15th at the Wick Sale Facility in Richardson, North Dakota. Selling 60 bulls, 20 registered open heifers, and 110 commercial open heifers. They breed the best to sell the best so we can raise the best. Wassum, W-A-S-E-M, RedAngus.com. Follow along on Facebook at Wassum Reds and bid and buy online at DVAuction.com. Powerful, profitable, practical. Red Angus cattle. Welcome back, everyone, to the Ranch It Up radio show. It's that time of the program. We check in with Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. Kirk, last week we took you, we let you take the week off, or I should say the weekend off anyway, and uh, we're back at it. So let's take a little time going through these markets. Catch us all up, if you would, please. Well, I'm going to start, Tigger, with some kind of exciting news on the cash front. I heard my first forward contract cash sale in Montana here. A gentleman with 640, I assume probably like an October delivery, forward contracted his steer calves for 295. That's the first forward contract I've heard of, and man, that's a good price. You dang right, that's a good price. So jump into into more of the markets in the present day as of Friday. February 2nd, March feeders closed the week at 245.20. That's up $5.35 on the week with the CME feeder index at 239.17, up 7.11 on the week. You'll notice that cash actually moved more than futures, which narrowed the basis to a negative 563. It was $7 roughly last week. We did have a cattle inventory report. It showed that beef cows were 98% of January 1st, 2023. That's the lowest inventory of breeding cows since 1951. February live cattle closed the week at 180.97 and a half. That's up 260 on the week, with cash trading 178 to 179 in the south and 176 to 178 in the north. That left the five area weighted average at 235 at 177.74. Our basis was a negative 281 versus February. Weekly slaughter came in at 637,000 head. That's up 19,000 head versus the prior week and equal to the same week last year. Choice boxes closed the week at 293.08. This is kind of the, the bearish news of the bunch. That's down 745 versus Friday of last week. To wrap this up, March corn closed the week at $4.42 and three quarter cents. That's down three and three quarters on the week. Hey, all Mark Van Zee with LivestockMarket.com. Coming up this Wednesday, February 14th, we have our small livestock online auction. Bidding opens at just $10 a head, no reserves. All lots will sell. Over 400 head of sheep, goats, and pigs. Featured lots include 250 purebred Dorper ewes, selling on 550 head lots. They're 120 pounds. These are big stout ranch ewes, all off one ranch. They're currently open and ready to breed for fall lambing. They've been recently wormed in CDT shops from Kamak Farms in West Texas. 30 Hampshire Polypay Southdown Bread Replacement Ewe Lambs, selling on two 15 head lots. They're bread keeper ewe lambs, turning yearlings, due mainly the middle of February. All ewes were lambed out as twins are better. They're up to date on worming and vaccinations. All ewes were born on the farm from Lauk Farms in Red Key, Indiana. 100 purebred butcher ready Iberian hogs, selling on five 20 head lots. They're 350 pounds, known in Spain as Iberco. It's the Wagyu of pork due to the breed's incredible marbling, raised free-roaming, and fed a high-end feed on an animal welfare-certified ranch in Texas from Philippart Farms in Austin, Texas. Six Nigerian dwarf does, 60 pounds, ready to come to work for you from Shoals Farms in Coyne, Iowa. Two Nigerian dwarf bucks, 50 pounds from Shoals Farms. 
two purebred guinea boars. They're 400 pounds, proven breeders. They're ready to add to your operation and get to work for you from Kennedy Farms in Beaufort, North Carolina, and three purebred mangalistas, two boars and a sow from Lot Farms in Lamar, Missouri. Bidding is currently live, but all lots will sell the morning of Wednesday, February 14th at 10 a.m. Central Time. Got sheep, goats, or pigs to sell? Regular small livestock online auctions, second Wednesday of every month, with hay sales every Wednesday on LivestockMarket.com and AuctionTime.com. This is Clint Tickler with Prairie Hills Gelby, and I'd like to invite you to our annual production sale this Saturday, February 10th, at the ranch north of Dickinson, North Dakota. We're going to be selling 57 Gelby, Balancer, and Red Angus bulls straight from the top of our herd. You can find the sale catalog and videos at our website, which is ND bullsale.com. You know, we also did weights and scrotal measurements this past weekend, so that information and sale order are going to be up on our website, and we'll also have it listed over at ranchchannel.com later this week. Now, I know North Dakota isn't a huge tourist destination in February, so if you're unable to be here in person, we're also going to be broadcasting the sale live on dvauction.com. You can tune in, watch, and bid. Everything you want to do as well as the sale catalog and videos are available up on that site as well. Once again, that's the Prairie Hills Galvey production sale this Saturday, February 10th, at the ranch north of Dickinson, North Dakota. Hope we can see you all there. I tip my hat to you from one legend to another. Before we say fare thee well, I want to give a big old tip of the hat to all of the crews, family members, and friends of those helping out putting together these bull sales, production sales that are going on. It takes a village not just to raise kids, but also to put on a sale. And now that's going to wrap it for today. A big thanks from our crew to yours. A big thank you goes out to Justin Tupper with the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. Appreciate the time. Updates from Wassam Red Angus and Prairie Hills Gilvey. Shay keister Warner with Casual Cattle Conversations for your update. Thanks, Shay. Kirk Donsbach, Stonex Financial Incorporated. Mark Van Zee with LivestockMarket.com. And to you, the boss lady, Rebecca Warner, a.k.a. Beck. A big thank you to our partners, RanchChannel.com, Wassam Red Angus, Prairie Hills Galvey, Stockman's Livestock Exchange, the American Galvey Association, Imogene Ingredients, Pharmatan, Westway Feed Products, Medora Boot and Western Wear, Allied Genetic Resources, Allied Feeding Partners, LivestockMarket.com, EquineMarket.com, AuctionTime.com, RFD-TV, Wrangler, and this fine radio station. And crew, so glad y'all came with us one more time as we ranch it up. Be sure to follow along and like us on Facebook at Ranch It Up Show. We have updates there throughout the week. And follow along Ranch Channel on Facebook. Our email, ranchitupshow at gmail.com. Call and text us 24-7 at 707-RANCH-20. That's 707-726-2420. Spread the good word and join us again next week where it's always Tigger and Beck approved. Stay ranchy and ranch it up. <laughs>